Deuteron Deuteronomos, literally meaning the reiteration of the law, as the law was given to them again. If the proliferation of usage is an indication of favored status, then chapter 8 must have been one of his most favored chapters of all, because in his temptation or testing in the wilderness, all of his responses come from this chapter. That tells me how defining this chapter was <coughs> for the people of Israel and for your walk and my walk with God. If our Lord Jesus in the wilderness has been tested by the enemy of our souls and all of his responses come from this particular chapter, this had to be very germane in the biblical passage. Well, God bless you. Welcome to Prophetic Whispers. And that is the great late Rabbi Zacharias and um, speaking on the idea of the Word of God, how important the Word of God is to grace and how grace, okay, how grace was demonstrated in the life of Christ through obedience to the Scripture, okay, obedience to the Scripture. And again, no feelings. Those of us that have gone through trials and tribulations, you know, when our feelings are being totally um, torn apart, you know, so to speak, where, where, you know, we're at our wit's end. It's the truth of God's Word. It's responding correctly. And Jesus gives us this model in Deuteronomy, the importance of the Word of God, meaning that grace comes with instructions. Grace comes with instructions. When we're living in a world right now that doesn't like to be told what to do doesn't like to be told anything um regarding how they feel what they think you can't tell me it's my own truth they build their own narratives they tell their own stories they believe their own lies they fall away from objective truths well grace grace comes with instructions and the instructions come through god's word and deuteronomy 8 is a demonstration of that because in the heat of of the battle between Jesus and Satan um, he immediately went to the scriptures Deuteronomy chapter 8 that was a tremendous uh, theological um, structure that uh, Ravi Zacharias laid out for you and I'm gonna I'm going to attempt to do the same when it comes to grace as we begin to lay these things out there's two aspects that we're gonna that are actually foundational to understanding grace correctly. Number one is the work of the Spirit. Number two is the instruction through God's Word. So we're going to look at both of those two combinations. So don't, don't get caught up in freedom until you understand what really makes you free, what really causes you to see, what really gives you the ability to raise your hands and, and um, the ability to say hallelujah. We're going we're gonna to get into all that. The grace of God. Understanding certain features of the grace of God. Number one, I must understand the work of the Spirit. Number two, I have to understand that all instruction comes from God's Word. That God's Word is important. Okay, God's word is important. It's not just enough to raise our hands in, in church and sing songs that we know to God, but you have to begin to become familiar with the instruction that comes from God's word. Okay, and so we're going to get into this today. And thank you once again. This is Elias Flores. Welcome to Prophetic Whispers and um, Understanding Grace. That's what we want to do is understand grace because 
There is just so much that, that's happening in our world that there's a, salt, a, a false sense of grace that you can do whatever you want and uh, you can believe any way you want. You can say anything you want to anybody at any time and there are no consequences for those type of behaviors. Well, I'm here to tell you as a Christian, um, as, um, as a preacher, that that's not what the Bible teaches. That's not what the Bible teaches at all. Okay, and so if you're listening to these uh, people that uh, give you license to to do whatever you need to do, well, the Bible revokes your license to be carnal. It revokes your license to be mean. It revokes your it revokes your license uh, to. Uh, to uh, treat mistreat people, it revokes your license to hate. It revokes your license, okay, and it gives you the license to love, and that's a work of the Spirit that is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. That's Book of Romans. The love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. Though those actions that you receive from God are all because of grace, the grace of God or God's favor, His unlimited love and forgiveness towards you, unlimited. That's what it is. However. However, there, this grace comes with instructions. And I know people don't like that. This grace comes through the move of the Spirit. I know people don't like that. They think it only comes through, you know, it only comes through osmosis. It doesn't come through, it doesn't come through those avenues that the Bible prescribes, which is the Spirit of God and the instructions of God, which is God's Word. Okay, so we're going to dig into this today. It says, the, the revealed fact is that the supreme features of, Christ, of Christian faith is that of supernatural saving and transforming work of God. Again, supernatural, meaning more than natural. It's going to take more, it took, it take more than man, more than the natural to save you. Your salvation was supernatural and the transforming work of God was supernatural. Those are the two aspects of grace that you, you have to understand, okay? Uh, that transformation is the end result of true biblical grace, okay? Which is made possible through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ in sovereign grace is freely bestowed upon all those who believe. All those who believe is the qualifying factor. I often hear people say, well, you know, I know a loving God would never send anybody to hell. A loving God wouldn't do that. No, it's not an issue whether we love God loves us. It's an issue of whether you love God. It's an issue of your volition to believe in God, to believe God. Okay, and we're living in a society that uh, doesn't acknowledge God. That they come out with their own narratives. That they come out with their own. Uh, they deny objective truths. They uh, they deny the Word of God. They deny the Creator of the universe. They deny Him. Okay, it, it, that's part of our constitutional issues that we're facing right now, where they're trying to get rid of our constitution because they realize that um, our rights come from God. That's what our constitution. Um, uh, protects that our rights come from God. That's why they hate it. They want to tell us what to do. Put your mask on. Stay home. Um, you can't say this. You got this. Is why the censoring and all the stuff you got going on right now? It's all part of that antichrist uh, spirit that's come to remove that there is a God and we we have rights given to us by the Creator. Again, this is this is all part of the scheme of the enemy to keep the minds blind, okay? 
God has given instruction to those who are saved, okay? God has given instructions to those who are saved on how to live out this new citizenship from heaven. Again, this is important for you to understand about grace. Grace is a teacher. Grace, it's we're just not living doing things that once we get saved, we just do whatever we want and continue living our own way. No, no. We are now citizens of heaven and we have roles and responsibilities that we have to learn. And the Word of God gives us these these elements. It gives us these, these aspects that we have to incorporate into our lives. Okay? Spiritual blindness is dominant in the world, led by blind leaders, and they denied the essential elements of the Christian faith. So they deny this. They deny that Jesus is Lord. They deny that there's only one way to the Father. They deny all these things, and, and they're it's blindness. It's blindness, okay? So we want to take a look at certain of the features, okay? We're going to look at two. Number one, we're going to look at the work of the Spirit, and then we're going to look at the instruction, okay? Portions of grace, because it's all grace. It's all grace, okay? Romans 8, 9, 8, 9 through 11 says this, But you are not in the flesh, but of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man does not have the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. He's not his. So what is what is the earmark? What is the, the tattoo or the tag that says that you belong to God? Is do you have the Spirit of God? That is a work of grace. Okay, it's the Spirit of grace working in you. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. Okay, the Greek word for body is or yeah, for body or the flesh is sarx. Sarx. S a r S-A-R-X, which means the meat, the flesh, the impulses, the emotions. You don't live by the emotions and the dictates of your body. Okay, That's part of the work of the Spirit to renew your mind, to renew you, to get you dead to sin and alive to the Spirit of God and alive to the Word of God. Okay, But if, but if the Spirit of, of Him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. So now we have a picture of grace. Okay, We see the work of the Spirit that raises you from the dead. You can't do that on your own. You need the grace of God. You need the Spirit of God. So it is, it is the Spirit that demonstrates the grace of God, how He loves you and how He wants you. He talks about being dead to your flesh or dead to your body. What's he talking about? He starts saying there's a new way of living, a new way of feeling, a new emote coming to you, a new emotions coming to you once you die to the flesh. You have life in the spirit. So those, again, are pictures of grace. This is grace. I know you can't do it on your own. I can't do it on my own either. Titus chapter 2, 11 through 13. Watch this. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Remember John, remember in the book of John, I believe it's 129, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin. When John was able to recognize the Lamb of God, what was it? It was the Spirit of God, the grace of God that opened his eyes to allow him to see that it wasn't his cousin. It wasn't just Jesus of Nazareth, but it was the Lamb. It was the sacrifice. It was the one that was going to pay the price for all the world to be saved. 
Okay, it was grace working in John the Baptist to allow him to see. Okay, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteous, righteously, and godly in this present age. When are we supposed to live godly? When are we supposed to live righteously? When are we supposed to live without lust? We're supposed to do it in this age, right now. You need to tell yourself, I need to, I need to start corralling. I need to start corralling my emotions, and I need to start living godly right now. Okay, this lust that that that, that is promoted throughout this world. You know, John, I believe it's First John. Uh, talks about all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the, the you know, the pride of life, um, you know, all these type of emotions. This is what he's talking about. The grace of God helps you, enables you to do this. But the grace of God is a teacher. He teaches us. The grace of God teaches us on how to live ungodliness. So the grace of God is not just a license. It's a license to do what is right. He teaches you and trains you. Anybody that drove a car, I know some people are worse drivers than others, but you know, any anybody that uh, that drives a car, you you take a test. You're trained on it. You just don't throw anybody out there. They they test to make sure you know all the rules of the road, and then they give you a license. Same thing with the grace of God. This is what the grace of God does. This is why you go to church. This is why you listen to the Word of God. This is why you listen to the preaching of God's Word. Why? Because it teaches you so that you can get the license to live in the perfect law of liberty. Okay, so grace is a teacher. I'm going to come back and we're going to talk about this later on in future in future uh, podcasts okay about the grace of God so this so the grace of God is a teacher never forget that never that's why it's not important just it's not uh, it's not the the main thing just to go to to a church it's it you know go to church and hear a word and, and walk out and do whatever you wanted to do and go go act the way you wanted to no no listen your preaching should endorse a behavior in you that license you to walk in Liberty. That's the grace of God working in you through the Word of God. It teaching you got to you got to be taught how to how to become ungodly, how, how to deal with the worldly lust, how to walk soberly, not drunk on your own ideas, drunk on your own opinions, drunk on on what this world is telling you to to get drunk on. To be sober, to be righteously, you know, to be righteous. To live godly in this present age. I want to make a difference in this age. That's what grace allows me to do. Okay? Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Lord Jesus Christ. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify himself his own special people. So guess what we're going through? We're going through this process of grace, of being purified, acknowledging our sins, acknowledging where we're weak and where, we're, where we make mistakes, and that there is instruction to help us to get through this. Again, Jesus, the greatest example, you know, being tempted in the desert, he went right to instruction. Deuteronomy chapter 8, okay? This is this is very important to understand about what grace looks like because grace is not freedom to do what you want it is freedom to execute what the citizens of heaven are designed to be you are a new citizen you are a new creation you are a new creature all things are passed away behold all things become new you need to learn how to operate and i need to learn how to operate in the newness of life 
We don't see it the way we used to see it. We see it through the grace of God. It, but it's the enabling power of grace that allows this to happen. So grace is a teacher. Titus chapter 2, 11 through 13. Read that. Meditate on it. That's a good one. Now Jude, the little brother of Jesus, was very, was very um, locked into this that it caused him to write about this. Okay, Jesus' little brother says this, Beloved, while I was very dil diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting, uh, exhorting you to, content, to contend earnestly for the faith. You know what that means? That means it's time to fight for, for the faith. It means it's time to fight for the truth. It means we're not going to lay down and, and let people teach us whatever they want to teach us. We're not going to, no, no, that's, you know, sin is sin. We're going to use Bible language. We're going to use Bible interpretation. We're going we're gonna to exegete the scriptures correctly. We're not going to go with what the culture is saying is true. Okay? It's crazy. No, men are men, men and men, men are men. Women are women. We're different. Okay? We're, we we don't care what the culture says. We don't care what they 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 want to feminize men. They want to no no. We are men. Yeah, watch this. Watch what he says. We're gonna fight for the faith. It's time to get tough. See, we're in a t we need to get tough because they want to push LGBTQ. And if you don't accept LGBTQ in your church or in your friend as 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 members of your church or functioning within the church in leadership, then you guys are homophobes. You're mean. You're cruel. You're okay. That's a teaching down the road. But again, we're not gonna we're not gonna get off the faith. We're gonna contend and fight for the truth. For, listen, for certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for condemnation, ungodly men who turned the grace of our God into lewdness and denied the only Lord and our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, they deny the Lordship of Christ. Why? Because they make they make sin their God. They make their carnal ideas their God. They make their flesh their God. Their belly is their God. Their appetites are their God. They say, you don't need to live holy. You don't need to do these things and be accepted because grace covers it. It's a dangerous message. Okay, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 9 says this, Be diligent to come to me quickly, for Demas has forsaken me. Having loved this present world. Listen, we're living in a day where men of God love this world and they will leave the faith for their flesh. This again, this is nothing new. Some people again, some people don't don't believe these that this is even possible because of the grace of God and they can they can do all the crazy things they want to do. No. Paul lays it flat out. Paul wasn't brokenhearted. Paul says, huh, another one bites the dust. Another one forsaken me. He loved this present world. He loved the culture. He loved the culture. He loved everything about it. He wouldn't give up his he wouldn't give up his stuff. And has departed for Thessalonica, Crescens, and Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia. Again, this is important for you and I to understand how grace can be twisted, how grace can be perverted, how they can pervert or what I would say dilute the ideas of the strong teachings of grace in the Bible, spirit and word. That is how grace comes. That's how grace is demonstrated, spirit and word. That is the foundation of it all. That's where it all flows. That's where it's all demonstrated. Jesus shows it in in um, in Luke Luke chapter 4 when he is I believe it's Luke chapter 3 or 4 where he is in the desert. Okay? When he's in the desert, I believe it's Luke chapter 3, okay? He's in the desert. He demonstrates 
the Spirit, and He demonstrates the Word of God, which is a manifestation of what grace looks like. The power of the Spirit and the power of the Word of God. Okay? Now, there are two. There are two foundations, again, which is what? Instruction and the Spirit. The Spirit. Okay? This is important for you to understand. I know many of you have have, um, have listened or know uh, John chapter 3, verse 16, but Jesus... Uh, we're going to give a full context to this, okay? John chapter 3, we got Nicodemus coming to Jesus, okay? The Spirit, listen, the Spirit is given only to those who are saved. I, I want you to understand, the Spirit is given to those that are saved. So if you are saved, you have the Spirit. Those that deny the Holy Spirit, those that, they, they are in, they are in a, a different camp, okay? They're in a different camp, okay? Don't keep trying to clean them up. Well, God wouldn't do that. God, no, it, it has nothing to do you're not going to crucify Jesus afresh. You're not going to rewrite your own Bible. You're not going. To, you're not going. To, you're not. You're not going to give a new definition to grace. Okay. But listen to what it says. Okay. Start in verse nine. Nicodemus answered him, says, "How can these things be?" What's he talking about? He's talking about the flesh and the spirit. He's talking about because Jesus says you must be born again. And the the question is, can a man enter his mother's womb again? And Jesus tells him, well, that which is flesh is flesh, that which is spirit is spirit. So you cannot combine the two. And people try to combine the two all the time. Your liberties, which are carnal, you try to justify them by spirituality. Can't be done. Okay? Nicodemus answered said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, are you a teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen. And you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things you do, and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one is ascended to heaven, but he who comes from down from heaven, that is the Son of Man who is in heaven. And, Moses, and as Moses was lifted up in the, in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son to the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. Now here, he who believes in him, he who believes in him is not condemned. Boom. There's something, again, here is the element of grace. Belief, belief is manifested through grace right here. If I believe there's a grace release to me, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Okay? For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds be exposed. But he who does truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that that they have been seen and done in God. Again, what's he talking about here? Why is this foundation to you and I? Because we begin to see that believing and grace go together as well as light and scripture. Okay? Those that believe not, those that don't believe in the Son of God, don't believe in the Spirit of God, guess what? Uh, he says, they're not mine. They're not mine. Okay, And so the Spirit of God is, is heavily involved in the understanding of the grace of God and the grace of God working in your life by the Spirit of God. Okay? Here we have, here we have um, 
spiritual understanding is made uh, made to depend exclusively on the presence of the Spirit of God in one's heart. Okay, spiritual understanding. Okay, that 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 means understanding that comes through the Spirit of God. Understanding that comes through God's Word. Okay, this is why they they the the prayer of enlightenment when preachers preach, Lord, we we pray that you illuminate our minds. We pray that you bless the word. What's he talking about? He's talking because we all know that in order to understand the word of God correctly, we need the help of the Holy Spirit. We need him in our lives. We need his help to rightly understand the word of God. Watch this. He says this, the precise body of truth, which may be understood only through the indwelling of the spirit as described as Things related to the Father, things related to the Son, and things related to the Spirit, and things related to the Kingdom. All this comes through the Spirit of God. All this comes through the grace of God. All this comes through these avenues. Number one, the Spirit of God. Number two, the Word of God. Or number one, the Word of God. Number two, the Spirit. Okay? They work can they work hand in hand however we divide so that you can see that it's not just the word of god it's the spirit of god that illuminates the word of god and what causes the illumination the grace of god okay it we call this the uh the condescendings the condescendence of god in other words god you will not know god unless god lets you know him Okay, that's important to know. You will not know God unless God allows you to know Him because it's a work of grace. It's a work of the Spirit. It's a work of the knowledge of God. Okay, it's a work of the Spirit. It's the work of grace. Okay, okay. So God, when He con- condescends, that means He bends His knee to, to allow you to see His face. First Corinthians chapter 2, uh, 13 through 16. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but the Holy Spirit teaches. So now, grace is a teacher. Now the Spirit of God is a teacher, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So now we begin to see how grace and the Spirit of God work together. How grace is a teacher, and so is the Spirit of God. And we all also know that the word of God is an instructor also but he who is spiritual judges all things he who is spiritual why do we judge things because we discern them through the spirit of God yet he himself is judged by no one for for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him but we have the mind of Christ so again we have this we have this this grace that comes to us by the spirit of God we have this element of the spirit being very active in grace. Because don't forget, grace is a teacher. We found that in, in uh, Titus chapter 2. Okay, Now we have the Spirit being a teacher. Now John chapter 14 says this, The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you again. Again, here is the move of the Spirit. The activity of the Spirit is an activity of grace. You cannot separate grace from the arm of the Spirit of God and from the other arm, the Word of God. John chapter Chapter, Second Corinthians chapter 4, 3 and 4. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells in you um, and I will be with you and I will leave, not leave you orphans and I will come to you again. Well, I just duplicated that scripture. 
I pray that blessed your soul. But let's finish this one with this one here. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. It says this. Okay, For now we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God. Okay, Very important. Spirit who is from God. That we might know the things that have, that have been freely given to us by God. Okay, freely given. Okay, here's grace in action. Okay, this word freely given is the Greek word charizamoi. Okay, charizamoi. Okay, C-H-A-R-I-Z, charizomai. O-M-A-I. Now, this is important. Okay, it means to be pardoned. It means to rescue. It means to deliver. It means to forgive. It means to grant favor gratuitously. It means to be kind. So what? Now let's put this in context. Okay? Now we have received not the spirit of this world. Why? Because the spirit of this world is cruel. The spirit of this world, the attitudes of this world, the blindness that's in this world, it's cruel. But you have you have things of God that are only revealed to you by the Spirit of God, and you'll see that they are freely, not an act of man. Again, this is the power of grace. This is understanding. This is understanding how grace functions in the life of Christ, of those that believe in God. That by understanding grace, I understand that it is freely given. I don't have to work for it. I don't have to, what do I have to do? I have to obey His Word. I have to live in an instructive life. See, if I live an instructed life, an instructive life, I can live a constructive life. If I listen to God's word, I can build my life upon the word of God. And the spirit then, because of grace, reveals what is freely given to me. Again, when you understand grace, it's not a license to do things. Or what you're free to do. When you start understanding grace, you understand that you are a citizen from heaven with roles and responsibilities. That the word of God, listen, the word of God gives you instructions on how to live out as a citizen of heaven. Because you're born from above. So again, let's not get caught up in greasy grace. Don't look for avenues to condone sin. Look for transformative forces in your life, the things that transform your life from God's Word. Because then and only then is the supernatural power of grace revealed. When you go from, I was blind, but, I, but now I see. I'm transformed in my thinking. I was lame, but now I walk. That means I was stuck in habits, and I am no longer stuck in habits. Now I can walk through life without issues of ungodliness flowing through my life. I consider my body now dead because I'm alive to the Spirit. That is all a work of grace. Amen. Well, God bless you. I pray you enjoyed this lesson today on the grace of God. And we will talk to you tomorrow on different aspects. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. And if you have it, listen, if you have any uh, questions, uh, please feel free to email me at efjministries at gmail.com and I will definitely get back to you. God bless you and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.